You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. What's going on, guys? Hope you're doing well. We are in part two of our series, Detours. What we're doing is we're looking at the life of Joseph. This week, uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 39. So last week, we talked about Joseph, uh, the coat of many colors, being essentially selected by his father as his favorite, the envy of his brothers, and how it led to them selling him into slavery. And this week, we're going to look at this, the next season of his life, this this season of slavery. So we're going to start right at the top, Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 2. It says, Now Joseph had been taken to Egypt. An Egyptian named Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guards, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man serving in the household of his Egyptian master. The first point this week is the Lord is with us. Unfortunately, one of our human tendencies is to believe that we are alone. Loneliness is something that invades our personal lives and and really our culture. As people who live in a highly individualistic Western culture, the line between independence and loneliness is razor thin. We, We have probably all had moments where we felt like it was us against the world. I know that I've had those moments, and you have too, is that, that you can be sitting in a room of people and feel lonely. You can feel like you have people who are supporting you, and it doesn't take much to feel like it's just you against the world. But this story is a reminder that no matter where we go or what we're going through, God is with us. The Lord is with us. A regular thing that I continually find myself thanking God for in prayer is that, that he's willing to step into our individual circumstances. And and that idea stems from a message I heard from Daniel Strickland years and years and years ago. If you don't know who Daniel Strickland is, highly encourage you to go uh, listen to one of her messages. She used to be the vice president of the Salvation Army. She has seen a lot of things. Um, when, when Jesus says, like, go love the least of these Man, Danielle Strickland is one of those people you're like, yeah, she's doing it. She is loving the orphan and the widow and the outcast. She's just amazing. But one of the messages that she, that she spoke, one, a part of it, it, she argues that the most awe-inspiring thing about God isn't that he created the cosmos. It's not that he hung the stars in the sky and he told the sun where to stand. It's that that God who did all of those things makes himself small enough to step in and meet us in the most intimate moments of our lives, that a really big God is willing to make himself small and meet us where we're at. He's always with us. You see, Joseph was going through a massive valley of life, but God made it clear that he was right there with him the entire way. He had been sold into slavery, and yet it was undeniable that God was with Joseph. And some of us need to remember that, that no matter where we're at in life right now, he is with us. The story goes on to say this in Genesis chapter 39, verses 3 through 6. It says, When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made everything he did successful, Joseph found favor with his master and became his personal attendant. Potiphar also put him in charge of his household and placed all that he owned under his authority. From the time that he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house because of Joseph. The Lord's blessing was on all that he owned, in his house and in his fields. He left all that he owned under Joseph's authority. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Here's the second point. 
others will see God with you. Others will see God with you. Joseph had to have known that God was with him. But what is really interesting is that the author of Genesis wanted to make it really clear that God's presence was not just evident to Joseph, but it was evident to Potiphar. The Egyptian, the slave owner, sees Joseph and the way that he lives his life, and he sees the presence of God. Would we be people who are reminded that people are watching? Some of us hear that and we get excited about the influence that we have the opportunity to have. And I hope people are watching. I want them to see Jesus in the way that I live. And some of us are full of fear because we know our lives aren't really reflecting God right now. And, and wherever we find ourselves, I think that we have to understand that the truth is still the truth. Human beings are hardwired to observe the lives of those around them for good or bad. We, we have to admit this, right, as people, that we love people watching. We love to go into public. We love watching people. We're like, that's interesting. That's cool. I like that fit. Like, that's odd. Like, all of those things. Like, we just love to people watch. And what we have to understand as human beings is that people are watching us, too, in the words that we speak, the actions that we take. And if we claim to follow Jesus, the, the light that gets shined on us is even brighter because people want to either say, prove it or show me that you're a hypocrite, right? Like that's just a part of saying that you love Jesus in the, in the culture that we live today. We get an opportunity to show people Jesus through the way that we live. When we're, when we're living in obedience to Jesus, we get the opportunity to show others what it looks like to live a Christ-centered life. And, and how we respond to the good should reflect Jesus, and how we, should, how we respond to the bad should do the exact same thing. Here's another truth. God's hand on your life should be a blessing to those around you. Now, this isn't necessarily about a blessing of affluence or wealth, but a blessing of presence. Potiphar undoubtedly benefited from Joseph when it came to his possessions. Joseph was an incredible employee who probably did everything the right way when it came to serving his master. And I hope we're seen as the best employees, the best students, all of those things as well. I hope that the people who, who we get to work with and spend time around are like, man, like you are a blessing in really practical ways. But for us, our focus should be on being a relational blessing. Our focus should be on being a spiritual blessing to those around us. Scripture makes it really clear that, that we are called to be salt and light. Our presence should be felt and our presence should be seen. There should be something different about us individually and communally. We get to live firmly planted in the hope that Jesus provides. If we have surrendered our life to Jesus, if we are no longer spiritually unresolved, if we believe that Jesus is who he said he is, we get to live firmly planted in the hope that Jesus provides. We are blessed so that we can bless. We are not passive blessing receivers, but active peace bringers and active bridge builders and active agents of healing and active hope dealers. That, that what we specialize in is being people who bring blessing into other people's lives. And it really has nothing to do with us. It's always just pointing people back to Jesus because he is with us. And we get to be firmly planted in that truth. And that means that others should feel him when they are with us. 
back in the day, there's a coffee shop here in Billings called Off the Leaf, and some of you might remember it. But the OG Off the Leaf opened around 2007. I was a senior in high school. I know I'm getting I'm getting up there, um, and we were so pumped about about this coffee shop. I I spent so much time the first couple of years that it was open in there, and I had so many friends who worked at the coffee shop as a young adult. Like right, you have a ton of friends who are baristas or you are a barista, or whatever. And so I would go and I'd hang out with them while they were working. And there was one guy who is he's one of those guys we probably all have them in our lives where you're like I don't know if you've ever sinned in your life like you are just full of joy all the time you're so kind like you never get in a bad mood like all of those things it's amazing and we would have coffee on a regular basis and there was always this guy who was in this coffee shop he's really interesting um you didn't really understand what he was saying most of the time um he might have been borderline like schizophrenic but he would come up and have conversations with us. And one time, I'll never forget this conversation. He came up. He talked about something for like eight minutes straight. I have no recollection of what it was. But I do remember that he was in pain. He, he just like he was going through it. And he gets to the end of the conversation. And, and I say a couple things. But my friend is the one who's really engaging him in conversation. And at the end, this man says this. He goes, I don't know what it is about you to my friend. I don't know what it is about you. But every time we have a conversation, I just feel better. I feel like there's hope. And that wrecked me. And my friend's response was, was really, really simple and really, really true and really, really profound. He said, man, it's all because of Jesus. That's all he had to say. He didn't pray for the guy. He didn't. There wasn't this like salvation moment where he led him into led him to salvation and, and led him to the foot of the cross in a really specific like organized strategic way. No, he just said it's all because of Jesus. That's why I am, and I believe that that helped lead this guy to the foot of the cross in his own way. That he got to experience Jesus because he experienced a conversation with my friend, and that's what we should be, right? Peace bringers, agents of healing, bridge builders, and hope dealers the story goes on to say this the second part of verse six through verse nine says this now joseph was well built and handsome after some time his master's wife looked longingly at joseph and said sleep with me but he refused look he said to his master's wife with me here my master does not concern himself with anything in his house and he has put all that he owns under my authority no one in this house is greater than i am he has withheld nothing from me except for you because you are his wife. So how could I do this immense evil? And how could I sin against God? Here's the truth. Our decisions make waves. Our decisions make waves. Our decisions make waves in our life. Joseph says this. I have been made great in this house. He knew that his decision would have an impact on his life. He recognized that there would be personal repercussions if he made this mistake. Our decisions also make wives wives waves in the lives of others he says this to her you are his wife joseph knew that her choice would affect others too that it was going to be him it was going to be her it was probably primarily going to affect the man that had trusted joseph with everything in his house and the other people that were involved in the situation he knew that his decision went beyond him and then third our decisions make waves in our relationship with god Joseph doesn't say, how could I sin? How could I do this immense evil? And how could I sin against Potiphar? He says, how could I do this immense evil? And how could I sin against God? Joseph's response is grounded in the truth that his decision was about more than him and her, but how it would be a slap in the face to the blessing of God that was obviously on his life. It's it's not an indictment on how God determines his love for us. It's not saying that, that God wouldn't love Joseph if he did this, but 
it's a reminder that our decisions might affect how or when God uses us. I'm not saying God wouldn't have used Joseph if he slept with her, but I think it's safe to assume that a different detour would have happened in his life, that that decision would have led to more pain and probably a, a, a longer detour than he had anticipated. And Because he, here's the thing. Even in his refusal to her and his faithfulness to God and his faithfulness to Potiphar, a detour happens. Verses 10 through 20 go on to tell the rest of the story. It says, although she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed, bed with her. Now one day he went into the house to do his work and none of the household servants were there. She grabbed him by his garment and said, sleep with me. But leaving his garment in her hand, he escaped and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his garment with her and had ran outside, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, my husband brought a Hebrew man to make fools of us. He came to me so he could sleep with me and I screamed as loud as I could. When he heard my screaming for help, he, le he left his garment beside me and ran outside she put joseph's garment beside her until his master came home then she told him the same story the hebrew slave you brought to us came to make a fool of me but when i screamed for help he left his garment beside me and ran outside when his master heard the story his wife told him these are the things your slave did to me he was furious and had th and had him thrown into prison where the king's prisoners were confined so joseph was there in prison here's here's the next thing uh, detours happen because of a couple things. Detours happen because of one, what we do. Every one of us is imperfect. There will be decisions that will steer us in amazing directions and decisions that will steer us in destructive ones. The truth is that there is beauty in free will and there is pain in free will. That God created us with free will because he didn't want us to be robots who are, who are required to love him. He wanted us to make a decision of free will to do that, to surrender our lives to him. But there is really, really uh, broken parts of us that cause pain in that free will. There's a ton of beauty in that truth, and there's a ton of pain in that truth. What we're trying to do as followers of Jesus is not just make good moral decisions, but God-directed decisions. And that only happens when we are truly surrendered and intentional about asking God what he would have us do. And sometimes he's going to make that really clear. The door will be so obvious. I think for Joseph in the in this moment, he's not like, I wonder if God wants me to sleep with this woman. Like, maybe that's a part of the plan. Like, no. Like, Joseph knew that. It was pretty obvious that he needed to get out of that. But it didn't mean that he was going to make that decision, right? He's a young dude who's getting propositioned to have sex with a wife, with, with, with Potiphar's wife. So, so in our own lives, there are going to be things that are really, really obvious, doors that we need to walk through, doors that we absolutely don't need to walk through. And sometimes we're just going to have to go on gut. We're trying to figure out our future. We're trying to decide like where we're going to work, all those different things. And sometimes God's going to make it really clear, and sometimes he's not. Sometimes we have to go with our gut. And, and I hope that, that if we're close to Jesus, our, our first uh, reaction or our first decision that, that we go with is often what God would have us do because we're just in tune with what he's called us to. But sometimes we're going to make mistakes and we're going to go through the wrong door. But here's the thing. When you go through the wrong door, there's grace. There's forgiveness. There's more opportunity. That as long as we're trying to find God's direction in our life, there's always going to be another opportunity. There's always going to be another door to go through. If you go through the wrong door, it's not going to lead you into your final destination. And it's going to be pain and destruction all the time. If you go through the wrong door, you're most likely going into another hallway that's going to have some more opportunities with some more doors. So just be somebody who's faithful to who God has called you to be. Secondly, detours happen when something is done to us. 
Every curveball in our lives is not because we have made a monumental mistake. Sometimes it is simply a result of the broken world we live in and the broken human beings we live with. There, there are plenty of us that have had something done to us. That, that could be something seemingly small or something absolutely life-changing and traumatic and thing that has things that have wrecked us for a really, really long time. Because unfortunately, we're not in control of all the things that affect us. But here's what we have to remember is that we are, however, in control of how we respond to those things that are done to us. You and I cannot control others. We can't control their actions or the workings of the world. We can't control the words spoken to us. We, we can't. But we can control ourselves. Joseph makes the right call and controls himself. Unfortunately, Potiphar's wife acts in bitterness, and that sends Joseph to prison. And that's still heartbreaking, and it's still earth-shattering, but Joseph got to walk out that next season knowing that he controlled the only part of the story that he could control. They he he would have if he would have succumbed to that temptation he probably would have ended up in prison anyway or maybe worse he might have been killed instead he went to prison which is devastating but he went in good conscience knowing that he controlled the part of his life that only he could control so instead of taking this really really long detour we see the next twist almost immediately in genesis 39 verses 21 through 23 it says but the lord was with joseph and extended kindness to him. He granted him favor with the prison warden, and the warden put all the prisoners who were in the prison under Joseph's authority, and he was responsible for everything that was done there. The warden did not bother with anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and the Lord made everything that he did successful. Does that sound familiar? The last point this week is this, is that God didn't go anywhere. God didn't go anywhere. We can have a tendency to believe that if something isn't going right in our lives, that God is not present. And we put we place the, the, the valleys and the mountaintop experiences in our life directly on the shoulders of God and say, if something's bad, it's your fault. If something's good, sometimes we don't even give him credit for that. But even if we're living in, in a relatively optimistic world, we'd say, if life is good, God is with me. If life is not going great, God is not with me. But the story of Joseph reminds us that God is with us always, that he doesn't go anywhere. Even when it hurts, he is with us. Even when we don't see him working, he is with us. Even when the situation seems bleak, he is with us. It says the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him. I think for some of us, we need to be reminded of that, that God hasn't gone anywhere. God hasn't gone anywhere. He's right there with you. So no matter where you find yourself this week, maybe you're doing really good. Be thankful that God is with you. Maybe you're not doing so good. Ask God to reveal himself to you and remind you that he is still with you. And maybe it's not even in your own life. Maybe there's somebody else that you that you gets put on your heart. And you can go and you can have a conversation with them. And no matter where they find themselves, you can be confident that the Lord who is with Joseph is the Lord who is with you and is the Lord who will be with us at every twist, at every turn, and in the middle of every detour. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.